0: If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York, New York. Fred Ebb. everybody and welcome to another episode of felonious pundits i am pundit number one kentad Svensgard and along with me is pundit number one as well mr aj mass
1: Well, I'm glad you didn't call me pundit number two for several reasons. Uh, Scatological limitations aside, I I was thinking you were going to make me the grumpy cop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we we have uh, room for that in a little while. (laughs) Folks, this is a podcast about the program Criminal Minds. Each week we recap an episode and take an in-depth look at it. I have never seen the show before, and AJ is a grizzled veteran, if you will, who has seen each and every episode many times. And this week, oh, what a doozy, we'll be looking at season three, episode number 20 of Criminal Minds. It is entitled Lo-Fi. This episode was written by Chris Mundy and directed by Glenn Kershaw, and it originally aired on May 21, 2008. Yes, we are at the season three finale. Yes, indeedy. We open this week, AJ, in New York City. And we see a man, after various establishing shots, as per usual, uh, we see a man (laughs) in a green jacket, a balding looking man. He looks very suspicious to me. My hackles are raised right away because this guy is looking at a cop, you know, kind of eyeing him. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. He's got a backpack. Yeah, he's got a
1: backpack on. And can Todd, I know this predates the slogan, but if you see
0: something, (laughs) say something. (laughs) That is true indeed. Yes, our boy gets on, our our man gets on a subway train. Uh, He's taking the A train, so I'm guessing he's headed up to Harlem. We get the ominous Criminal Minds music. People on the subway are, it seems like kind of a tense subway ride. People are kind of looking around at each other. You do have a few people that are very true to NYC, very, just completely ignoring, in their own world, completely ignoring everything. But you still sense a little bit of tension here on the train.
1: Yeah, the, the reason the stakes of the tension here. And I just want to, I'm not going to go full in. You and I, New Yorkers, you know, we, we've spent our time in the Big Apple me born and raised so i could quibble a lot i know they shoot on set i know they don't shoot in the city but you cannot get on an a train on 59th street and take it to the e-train stop in spring street (laughs) during the daytime hours that's not how these trains work (laughs)
0: The A runs Express, AJ.
1: Okay, yes, yes, it runs Express, but not to Spring Street, except during off hours when the A
0: switches to the local line. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh... They're not going to pay any attention to that, though. Uh, I, I know, and,
1: but there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff here. You know, the street signs all over the place, in the New York City montage. Look, he's on 83rd. He's on 12th. He's on 15th. He's on 42nd. He gets on a 59th. Like, you just can't move around that quickly. And this is a very <laughs> quick train ride.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. If you're going to Spring Street, if you were going to Spring Street on the A train at at midday. What's that? A good thirty minutes, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give maybe you the,
1: I'm going to give them the TV conceit that we got to speed things along here. We don't watch the whole ride. I'm just saying, you know.
0: It seems like are... he gets on and gets off, basically. Yes,
1: yes, exactly.
0: And maybe this is why. Maybe this
1: is why when he gets off the train, he's so confused as to where he is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
0: I must have jumped through time and space <laughs> to, to get here. Um, he was looking at one particular mother and daughter on the train, and uh, they kind of she kind of looks at him and kind of ushers the girl off. And as he's getting off the train, he's trying to follow after them, and he's starting to say, "Excuse me, please," but they ignore him. And you think, "Oh, good, they're uh, they're being very cautious." And uh, the man looks perturbed when all of a sudden, someone in a hoodie walks behind our guy that we've been with, shoots him in the head, AJ, very quickly, and calmly walks on.
1: Indeed, once again, criminal minds hitting us with a bait
0: and switch. Uh... The misdirection. Mm 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 mm. Then let's cut over to Hotch, who's in his office, and uh, he gets a call, starts talking about, oh, uh, the latest murder, so it's happened. He's wondering if the M.O. has changed, things yeah. like that. Although, again, I
1: will say, took whoever's on the phone with him here a very long time to call, because it is pitch black. Hotch is the yes. only one in the office. It was clearly midday when this guy got shot, and I realized that the guy doesn't get shot, and then they automatically call Hodge. It's just for continuity's sake in this, in this show, sometimes it's like,
0: seriously, for those of you overseas, maybe not familiar with the East coast of the United States, uh, Virginia and New York are in the t- same time zone. So there should be no uh, issues like that. We cut over to JJ's office. She's on the phone. I'm assuming she's talking to our old pal, La Montaigne uh oh, because she's the, with La Montaigne, I mean, we know
1: this because <laughs> of course he's going to be going to be uh flying in, uh which is the conversation, but also, you know, she mentions crib
0: shopping. So <laughs> Yes, exactly. But then Hutch comes in and says, "Hey, you know, we got a case." And JJ's like, "Wait a minute. I didn't get no case cuz she's JJ and she handles a case." And Hutch is like, oh, no, I got this call." So she has to tell uh Montaigne. I'm assuming that, hey, don't head out to the airport quite so soon. uh, Something's come up. I'll I'll call you later.
1: Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, it's like, hey, can you pick me up at the airport in a couple hours? I'm flying in. Sure. Hang on. No, I'm not going to be here. So no. (laughs) That seems to be a BAU. uh, Don't make plans (laughs) if you're in the BAU
0: ever for anything. (laughs) Exactly. Just plan on you taking a cab to a hotel once you get here because- it ain't I gonna happen.
1: It, it, quite frankly, if I if I was Derek Morgan, I would never make plans for nothing. Go home for the weekend, get arrested for murder. Go to Jamaica, find find a dead body as my my partner gets arrested yeah, for murder. It's true,
0: <laughs> it is true. So we cut back to Hodge telling them about the case. They're going to take Garcia along with them. They're going to go get on the plane and and fly out to New York right away. Talk briefly about what's happened. All of the killings have taken place at midday. They've all been a single gunshot wound to the head with a .22 caliber pistol. Uh, there's been five shootings so far. No witnesses. They don't think there's any organized crime connections. The victims don't appear to be connected to each other. Uh, so far, our unsub has not tried to contact the police. They do have surveillance video of the three of the killings. Uh, but unfortunately, none of them have any good image of the guy. He's been wearing a hood and keeping his head down. So everything seems to be totally random so far. And Reed says, ah, son of Sam all over again.
1: And we go to credits. Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds,
0: Criminal
1: Minds. It's Criminal I did like the fact that Garcia on the plane was like, once every two years, you take me with you, huh? (laughs) Which is a nice little (laughs) clever little way of saying, yep, (laughs) that's exactly how many episodes she's gone with them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to actually ask you if you went back to see if that was indeed season one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She she doesn't go Which episode it was. Yeah. And she's acting like the the plane is all hoity-toity and... Prentice and Morgan have a little fun with that, you know, talking about, oh, is the crystal chilled yet? You know, so that was a nice little scene uh, on the jet. They do go over the victimology while uh, on the jet. And there's no commonalities, AJ. There's every kill was in a completely different neighborhood of the city. There doesn't appear to have been any sexual component. There's no robbery. And so far, the police have nothing. Hotch says, you know, the killings occur every two days. This is a media field day. The streets are edgy. Rossi mentions that they're going to be doing a joint task force with the New York City police. And Hotch brings up the person that runs their NY field office is a special agent named Kate Joyner. And uh, apparently after butting some heads with the local New York police, she has called in the BAU team. They seem to recall her. Uh, she's a, a British woman. And then Hotch corrects them. Oh, no, she's half British, half American. She was apparently a big deal that's gotten in the yard before coming over to the FBI. Morgan heard she's a real pain in the ass. And Hotch says, oh, I don't think so. In fact, we're really lucky to have her.
1: Yes, he says that we've liaised before. <laughs> yes. Well, well, I hate Still that usage our... of the word. I really <laughs> yes. hate that. She may be a liaison, but you do not liaise. <laughs> it's
0: not a verb. <laughs> Next, we cut to an office, and we see Joiner snapping out commands, directions, and uh, the BAU team arrives, and... J.J. takes a look at Joyner and is like, "Mm?" because homegirl look just like Haley, apparently. (laughs) I have to admit, there is a resemblance, uh, a little bit
1: of a resemblance to Haley. Absolutely. They could be they could be sisters. Absolutely.
0: So Garcia and J.J. also note Hotch's rather warm greeting, shall we say, with Kate. And uh, Hotch introduces the team to her. And uh, so immediately they get into business. Though Garcia's gonna go get access to the surveillance systems to do her thing. Uh, Reed wants a map to do his map quest thingy, and uh, <laughs> and immediately we get who I called uh, Detective Snark because we have a very snarky older <laughs> NYC detective who has walked in. Just as Reed is saying his little spiel, and he says, whoa, I see you brought your own computer.
1: Yeah, we will get the two names of these cops, but, you know, very rarely used throughout the episode. So I just basically called them Grumpy Cop and Hot Cop. (laughs) 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 And and quite frankly, is there a Paladino? It's not hot, but compared to Grumpy Cop, he is a (laughs) beefcake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Joyner says she wants to have a word in private with Hotch and says to JJ. "Mm -hmm, They uh, liaised while she was at Scotland Yard. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) So, we then go to join Joyner and uh, she asks Hotch, what can he tell her about Derek Morgan? That didn't seem to be what I would think would come up.
1: (laughs) Because I want to investigate him for murder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, we've done that storyline already. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) So outside, Reed asks, what are we calling him? Hot cop? Hot cop. Uh, About grumpy cop, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Apparently his name is Detective Cooper, but I will stick with hot cop. And Reed wants to know what's the problem with uh, snarky cop and uh, hot cop. Detective Cooper says, Well, by the fourth murder, Agent Joyner was already meeting with the mayor and calling in the BAU, and she wasn't letting them know anything about it. And Prentice is like, Hey, look, we're only here to help. And Hot Cop is like, Oh, yeah, okay. Well, as we've seen this before, AJ, okay, profile me then. What am I thinking? So I'm like, "Uh, he's a little bit snarky, too. (laughs) Well, it is New York, but (laughs) he's not
1: grumpy, but he's a little snarky. Well, that's why I went with grumpy as opposed to snarky, yeah. Yeah.
0: So what is he thinking? Well, Prentice starts laughing and says, it's never going to happen. I was thinking, oh, you're thinking, thinking your hot stuff there, Prentice, huh? Cooper agrees with me. He's like, no offense, but we've had five murders, and I hope it gets better than that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, score.
1: <laughs> and, and we've heard that before. We have definitely heard that before because, I mean, that, that's a Will Montaine Montaigne special. Uh, my partner just been murdered. You think I'm going kind to of grab ass?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, we do next cut to a really quick out of focus view of apparently our unsub. He's putting on a hoodie and grabbing his 22. Yeah, just a little little foreshadowing, if you will, of what might be coming ahead. So then we see Garcia, and she's meeting up with a surveillance officer in the surveillance room. Uh, this officer, we find out, is named Lisa Bartleby. They introduce each other. They geek out a bit about the Linux operating system and the 4,000-plus camera setup. And uh, Garcia is kind of excited, and she starts... Right away with the clickety-clacketing, she wants to run some facial recognition scans on the crowds, but she wants to do it after the crimes to see if the unsub has come back to spectate the crime scene, which seems to surprise, because Officer Bartleby was kind of like, hey, we took good, you know, we we already, you know, enhanced these as much as they could be enhanced. Like, she doesn't know Garcia yet, so...
1: Yeah, no, that's, they got to get to know each cool. other. I, I will say that the contrast between these characters, like whenever we see Garcia 95% of these episodes with, with, with the BAU and just, you know, I guess norm, normies, <laughs> she's always the quiet, weird, shy, little, uh, you know, woo, Lisa Bartleby puts her to shame <laughs> from the meek. Yeah, definitely. But is this, I mean, it's the same thing though with Kevin Lynch. Because I'm Kevin Lynch and I'm the <laughs> <be mama>, you. <laughs> so, you know, Greg Garcia is probably the most outgoing and presentable <laughs> oh, yeah. bring, bring to public <laughs> events kind of person.
0: And long before we've even finished our sentences, Garcia has managed to upload all of the files <laughs> that she needs. And I guess she knew exactly where the crime scene cameras were, which camera went to which scene, and she was able to clickety-clack that in the space of 30 seconds. I was—I have to admit, I was a bit annoyed at this particular speed of this particular (laughs) clickety-clack.
1: Actually, I was less annoyed by it because they do make the point of saying this is such a primitive system. As complicated as it is for a big city, uh, which New York is a big city, uh... For as far as system software goes, she's like, oh, it's great. You got top of the line stuff. It's not like what uh, I can run circles around it. So yeah, I'm actually glad she was able to navigate it very quickly. She knows her stuff.
0: Well, and again, for the TV expedience, I'm I'm you know not that annoyed. Like, get it over no, with. That, fine. Yeah, no, it, look, it, when 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 she goes into the CIA and says, oh my goodness,
1: they have all these things, and she can clickety clack, like no, no, she needs time to learn. So you know.
0: So uh, next we get a quick shot over at the Union Square, 14th Street, F-Train stop. And again, people are looking at everyone else. There's a, a tense feeling. <laughs> and Penny Marshall, goth Penny Marshall's in there. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> description.
1: I was like, what? They put such a focus on this woman.
0: It was just like, what? <laughs> She only had a big, huge L on her shirt. That- <laughs> <laughs>
1: listen, listen, I'll get out of your way. Just leave me alone.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, we do see a a person wearing a hoodie sit down, and more of that foreshadowing that we spoke yeah, of. Yeah, we then see Hotch, uh with Joyner. And uh, joiners at her computer and Hotch is asking her when is the last time she went home to get some rest. And she's like, you know what? That's not going to happen until this thing is over. And then we go back over to Garcia and Bartleby. They're staring at some various camera shots. We cut over to Reed. He's doing his map thingy, making marks and doing whatever it is Reed does with his Echo geolocation. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yes. Just we're we're gonna we're gonna be heavy on the montage
0: type yes. nature of this. And uh, cut over to Morgan and Rossi. They're at the Spring Street subway stop, the uh, crime scene. And Morgan is asking who thinks they can get away with murder in the middle of the day in New York City. And Rossi is like someone patient, someone able to. A wait for a person to get separated from the flock. And Morgan is standing behind him and he goes, bang, makes like he's shooting him. And JJ and the grumpy detective are there. And she, JJ asks him if that was the spot where everything happened. And he's like, yeah, thereabouts. Also, there's a small crowd of people like looking at them. I, I thought that was kind yeah. of interesting how they were. <laughs>
1: Well, they're they're investigating watching. this. Yeah, they're investigating this crime scene. It's currently the station has been opened back up to the public, and they're all just kind of watching them. And, and it does make you wonder, like, are these people like know that they're on a criminal mind? <laughs> 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 I mean, I know they did actually shoot in New York City subway, so I know that they are just paid extras. But it's like they're acting like what the heck? who are these people? <laughs> yeah, what is happening here? <laughs> Wouldn't there be still police crime tape up and stuff like that at least for this half of the stop? Right. I would think <laughs> yeah it was it was it was very cavalier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so grumpy detective just seems real disgusted with the whole situation and it gets to the point where Rossi has to ask him, you know, hey, are we boring you? And uh he says Rossi says, "Look, I get it that you don't like Joiner, but look, we got we got a job to do here." Grumpy asks if uh, any of them have been cops and Morgan is like, "Yeah, in Chicago." Grumpy is like, okay, then you'll understand. Okay, I've been around a long time and I'm taking this personally. And I want everybody else to take it personally, just like me. It's yeah, like, he's like a uh, big puppy. This is our city. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Ed Morgan is just like, you know, we are taking it personally. And Grumpy is just like, yeah, we'll see. We head back over to Garcia. And she's going to have a little bonding moment with surveillance officer Bartleby. Turns out she's only been, Bartleby has only been on the job for six months. And she's used to like looking at muggings and other petty crimes. But this watching people get shot in the head is a whole different ballgame for her. Garcia is like the old pro giving advice here. She's pulling her toys and knickknacks out of her bag and setting them up like she was at her own home office. and. And uh, Partleby is like, uh, is any of that regulation? I don't think so. And Garcia is like, well, it's a good thing it's just us in here.
1: Yeah, good, good thing nobody bothers to check on the tax.
0: Have you yeah. ever watched the
1: IT squad? No one comes
0: down here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Garcia is like, hey, you want to see a real hottie? And she brings <laughs> up the camera at the crime scene, the Spring Street Station. <laughs> And uh, is pointing out Derek and she's like, Derek Morgan, Lisa Bartleby, Lisa Bartleby, Derek Morgan. And what this mainly provides, us is a neat way to transition back through the surveillance camera to go back to the crime scene.
1: Which, you know, yeah, that's great. We haven't traveled by Kodak in a while. And this is a nice way to remind uh, viewers that we do that. But we also didn't really need that
0: scene. (laughs) Not at all. We were just there. We don't need to go back there. (laughs) (laughs) So then uh, they're discussing the fact that the unsub doesn't seem to be afraid to get up close and personal and he knows how to duck his head when he's being filmed. And the grumpy detective says, you know, descriptions of the guys have have unsubs have been sketchy. Some have said he's a light skinned black man. Some said Asian, Puerto Rican, as grumpy says, any one of your basic homeboys, (laughs) you know, homies (laughs) around (laughs) I'm like, all right, grumpy cough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am surprised, though, that, uh, you know, someone didn't go into the explanation. Well, actually, you know, that uh, uh eyewitness testimony is one of the least reliable. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> also, we found out that the police ballistics team hasn't been able to come up with anything. And Morgan notes that this guy seems to be really organized, studies the cameras, carries an easy to conceal gun. Basically, he knows what he's doing. Fair enough. Next, we go over to the hooded guy, and he's getting off of a a train, and he walks, and he's alone on a stairway with one other guy, and I'm worried that he's going to shoot him, but we don't see that. Instead, we cut over to Reed at the map. He's uh, got Prentice with him, and Reed is saying, well, we need arrest records for gun violence or possession in every borough except where the shootings have taken place. Detective, hot detective Cooper is there. He doesn't get it. Why do they need that? And Prentice has to explain that this guy won't strike anywhere near where he lives. They call it anti geographical profiling. And <laughs> Cooper's like, well, you see now why we're skeptical? <laughs> no,
1: I, 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 I totally agree with this guy. I, this is like, wait a second. You told me you were doing geographical profiling. Now you're doing anti-geographical profiling? Yeah. Doesn't that mean like we said it was heads and it was tails? We said, ah, but we knew it was going to be tails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They uh, explained to Cooper that this sub is, this unsub is uh, really organized. He always strikes the same time of day. He knows where the camera uh, cameras are. If you were playing a drinking game and to any time they said he knows where the cameras are in this episode, (laughs) you'd be doing quite well for yourself if the aim was getting drunk. So they uh, say this guy is doing his own pre-surveillance, AJ, pre-surveillance. Yes, that's the surveillance you do before the surveillance? What? (laughs) He's doing his own surveillance! (laughs) Uh, Which means that he's going to strike somewhere outside of his comfort zone. And Prentice says, yeah, unfortunately, every other neighborhood in the city has reason to be terrified. Yeah, I mean, it, we've watched the show
1: 100 times, or 66 times. Uh, we understand that when they say, uh, you know, we profile that someone does wants to strike close to home unless he fits these categories, in which case he's smart enough not to – strike close to home. So there's the comfort zone versus I don't want to be caught. And this is as a smart, I don't want to be caught kind of guy. So it makes sense.
0: Indeed. Now we go over and we see out on the streets of New York, there's this nervous woman and she's looking at a guy. He's got a hoodie on, so he must be our killer. And she's staring at him. And while she's staring at him walking, she bumps into another guy and the camera follows this other guy. I like, I, yeah, they're doing a little uh,
1: victim dough <laughs> square dance, yeah. so that we don't know what. It, but I like that. I actually thought this was a very effective way of kind of generating the tension that would be on the streets if you know word is starting to trickle out a little bit that these killings are going on. Then you know, hey, people are going to be uh, on edge, and part of that is it could be me. And now we're watching, going, it could be her, it could be him. Go, <laughs> right.
0: So following that guy who who bumped into the woman, we see. That he orders a, a pretzel, he's moving quick. He's he's aware of the tension. He orders, he makes a fast pretzel order, no mustard even. He's just like, I'm <laughs> just gonna get my pretzel and keep walking. I mean, that's personal preference, but sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he quickly goes over to hail a cab, but unfortunately for him, he has been picked to be our next victim. AJ, our unsub, walks up behind him, shoots him in the back of the head. But this time, different from the other times we see him dropping what looks to be like a tarot card. And in fact, the death tarot card by his victim's legs. And I make to myself the joke, oh, that guy was hailing death cab for cutie. (laughs) (laughs) But that's San Francisco, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And we cut to a break.
1: (laughs) Yes, I think we need one after that. Uh, Yeah, it was kind of a... Kind of a fun little visual effect the way he kind of just like kind of just walks into frame sideways, sideways shot, walks
0: out of frame. It was kind of cool. Different from the last time. Wasn't from behind per se. So when we come back from break, we have the uh, grumpy and hot detective and we have Joyner and Morgan. and They're at this new crime scene. And Joyner is wondering if this is what Son of Sam felt like and Grumpy Cop says, well, first, they realize if violence, if the violence was truly random, then that meant they had no way of stopping it. And it seems like these people have it figured out. Morgan says, well, from the angle of the camera, they probably won't have anything but the back of this guy's head. And Joyner is all, hey, let's not be too quick to say what we do or don't have. And she says it in such a tone that Morgan looks like, huh, what? Like, where is this coming from?
1: It does come kind of out of nowhere there, to be honest. Uh, I would be a little, uh, excuse me?
0: (laughs) As well. And even Grumpy Detective is given a look like, damn, son. And uh, he says this line, and this is probably the only line that felt entirely scripted to me (laughs) in the whole episode. He says, uh, well, the Duchess of Work has spoken. (laughs) I'm sure Chris Mundy thinks that that was probably the best line in his script. I'm sure he was proud of it. Uh,
1: no, was that supposed to be a riff on the Duchess of York? That's what I thought. But
0: it was really – it didn't work for me. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to work guess, for me, dog.
1: Because well, that really doesn't work because this is New York. And so that yeah. doesn't quite I – mean, the Duchess would have been sufficient. Ooh, Her Royal Highness, Her Majesty, perhaps. Yeah. No. Lead full into the snark. Oh, the Duchess.
0: The Duchess of work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So everybody else walks off and Morgan decides to go over to Hotch and ask him what's up with Joyner's attitude. And he says, well, turns out FBI brass made it clear to her. If she doesn't happen to clear this case, she's going to be replaced. And Morgan you are at the top of the list to be her replacement. <laughs> Morgan is like, what? Huh? Wait, wait a minute. Didn't the Bureau act like they pulled off, uh, pulled off like a, isn't this a great get to get someone from Scotland Yard? And Hodge is like, look, there's different politics here. And you can see she's not one to pull punches. And he's almost talking of her fondly. Like he's saying that quite fondly. He. Really appreciates, I mean, uh, you
1: know, she, she's, she was my ex-wife and, you know, we had a kid together. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's not who this person is at all.
0: <laughs> they uh, walk up to Rossi, who's by the body, and he says, well, six murders in and he's finally communicating with us. And he holds up the uh, tarot card in a plastic bag. And the hot detective is like, doesn't this seem like... Uh, A little bit on the nose, leaving a death tarot card here. Hutch shows off his tarot knowledge and says, well, you know, death doesn't signify physical death. It's transformation from one place to another, like a job promotion or a marriage. And Rossi points out, you know what? The DC sniper left the exact same card at one of his crime scenes. Guess what? This guy studies other cases. Ooh. He's letting us know that he knows (laughs) that we're here. (laughs) That no, that they're there. (laughs) Excuse my pronouns here.
1: (laughs) He knows that they're there, and they know that we know (laughs) that they know that we're there. (laughs) Right? Wait, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do we know? <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing in my house? <laughs> exactly. So now we cut to another subway car. And I got to say, the background actress in this one, <laughs> we keep noticing these background people, but I thought she did great at looking like she was scared she was going to get shot any second. Like, <laughs> yeah. Again, the guy next to her was like, Mr. Oblivion. And she was sitting there looking like, oh, I'm freaked out. I'm about to get shot because (laughs) there is a guy with a hoodie by the door. And then we don't get to enjoy that scene anymore. (laughs) We cut over to the team arriving at the FBI office and there's media shouting questions at them as they walk in and ignore the, the media.
1: Yeah. Typical, typical uh,
0: day at the office, right? <laughs> hey you for stranger people who don't know, strange people we don't know. Come here, come here. Yes, exactly. We go inside the office and JJ is showing Hotch footage of the latest shooting, and and Prentice is there, and she points out, uh, check out the previous shooting. And we see some of that footage, and she, and Prentice is like, You see anything weird? And Morgan says, Well. He sprints off in one of the crimes, and in the other one, he just walks calmly away. That's two different different (laughs) demeanors, AJ. Two different demeanors.
1: Why why did you deliver that like you were a a 90s stand up in front of a brick wall? (laughs) You know, some on (laughs) subs. They lean to the left and walk away. But some on subs, they walk to the right and run. (laughs) You might be (laughs) redneck.
0: And Rossi, yeah, says, you know what? There's six kills already. His behavior should already be set. And Reed gets Garcia on the line because she's been hanging out, of course. And she's compared the two videos and she's compared it with the other earlier scene. And in the earlier scene, our killer was approximately six foot one. But in the most recent crime scene, <laughs> our killer is like five, nine, five, ten tops. And then Hotch says the very obvious statement of, it looks like we have more than one unsub.
1: Yes, and just for the the sake of hammering that point home to the obviously really stupid audience they think that we must be at this point, (laughs) we now see a shadowy room with two men. Exactly <laughs> in the room, one of them walking in and putting the gun down, presumably so that the other can go back out and do the next kill. It's like, okay, guys, we get it. There's more than one offs up.
0: <laughs> exactly. They go back to the office and they're discussing the various things. It could be um, we could have a killer team up. That's happened before. Uh, sure. Or it could be gang initiation. That's happened before. Certainly possible. possible. Yeah. Uh, Hotch asks Rossi and Reed to go brief the FBI. And he wants Morgan and Prentice to brief the police. Uh, He wants them to do it in two shifts when each shift goes on duty. And Morgan says, hey, you know, that's all great and everything, but I'd rather um, hit the streets. And the joiner is like, hey, you're here to do a profile. Morgan says, well, you know, we can do the profile in the morning and then that team can share the information with the later shift. And Joiner's like, no, uh-uh, starts saying something about all the manpower that they have and whatever. And Morgan is like, in a very Morgan, like, hey, let me explain it to you because I'm Morgan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says, look, these guys hit at midday. We know this. We can target ingress and egress at particular neighborhoods how about we position us near all the express stops, like 14th, 42nd, 59th. And as he's going on, Joyner starts to roll her eyes. Like, actually, she rolls her eyes at him. And Hotch (laughs) sees this, and he's like to Morgan, hey, it's not your call. Morgan's just like, whatever. And he walks off. And uh, Joyner tells Hotch she'd like to join in on the profile. And Prentice notices all this sort of tension that's going on. And so... Basically, she just sort of looks at the computer, I guess, to a, avoid to, – to, to bring up a distraction from the current tension in the room. Don't bring me into office.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's – uh yeah, it's, it's, again, a little aggressive on, on, on Kate's part. But, you know, I don't even know if Morgan would have pushed back as hard if he didn't know that she's not liking him because he might be the replacement. So, you know – I think the whole situation is just kind of uh, snowballing at this point, which can't be good for the case or the investigation.
0: Awkward. So for our next scene, we cut over to uh, uh, Prentice, JJ, Hotch, and Reed. They're walking into their hotel, and Prentice picks up whatever Criminal Minds version of the New York Post is <laughs> yes. and uh, is looking at it. And she's like, oh, they don't miss a beat. And we see the headline, execution style. And there's a photo of the latest crime scene. In Another headline, fear collapses on the city.
1: Yeah, I, I was not a fan of the, uh, the the layout of this particular front page, which seemed to have decided to click center alignment for the paragraphs, which you just don't see in newspapers. It's very, no, very don't. odd. Although I did appreciate the, the left-hand column story on uh, the Senate uh, running some new legislation that will impact the city, and it quotes Senator Charles Schumer, Democrat New York. So some things don't change. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Keeping some accuracy there. And then meanwhile, Reed sees someone and he points him out to JJ. Look who's here. It's your boy toy. The (laughs) mountain himself. (laughs) Detective (laughs) La (laughs) And yes, he's sitting over there and he gets up to greet them and they go over there. And he's like, look, basically, I'm here because I'm worried about JJ. With everything going on, and everyone is like, "Huh, what?" So JJ has to let them know she's been <laughs> manipulated into letting them know at this moment she is pregnant.
1: Yes, yes, I thought that was not uh, not very cool. <laughs> On his part, um and now that that makes the the last time and this time, so there's two times we've seen him now, and both times he's forced to to admit a personal truth to her co-workers <laughs> Yes,
0: everybody starts ooh making oh happy for you, and Lama Montaigne is like, oh, I did ask her to marry me, but we're still working out some of the kinks. So he's even dropping more personal <laughs> details that is really none of their business, but <laughs> and JJ is probably not happy about. But she's actually kind of like looking at him like, uh, like, oh, he cares about like, you know, Aw. he's
1: he, he, he's doing the stand up thing. Uh, there may be a little bit. Uh, his M.O. may not be exactly uh, the most sunshiny thing. And I love I, I, lo- I love the look on Hotch's face, who is clearly disappointed with this news. And she, you can see on her face that she thinks it's like, oh, he doesn't like the fact that I'm pregnant. And no, he's just
0: disappointed that she didn't tell him. Yeah. I, I thought he was almost in tears. <laughs> Jay. I mean, he just sounded really disappointed. I was just like,
1: I, I'm, I'm hurt.
0: Why wouldn't you tell me? We're a family. Like, it was that kind, of, yeah. that kind of feeling. She confirms with Hotch, look, I want to be here. And Hotch is like, okay, you know what? Be ready then at 7 a.m. And JJ just nods. So she goes back over to La Montaigne and is like, Will, what are you doing here? You net case. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) what's going on? And uh, he wants to head back with her to Washington. This job is too dangerous. You know how pregnant women do, they're supposed to like basically just give up their careers when, if it's especially cops, if it's dangerous. They're going to stop being cops. Now, now, in fairness,
1: that's not exactly what he said. What he said yeah. is, while they are pregnant, <laughs> you, you, well, you, you don't want an eight-month pregnant woman running around, freeze, job turkey. That, that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> so that's all he's saying. It's like, for now, he's not saying quit. So I, it's not as bad. Again, I th- I think it works for them. It's clear it works for them, so I'm not going to poo-poo, but it's not the communication tech I would choose. Fair indeed,
0: fair. So basically, JJ says, look, I appreciate your romantic gesture and everything, but guess what? We're both who we are. So for now, how about we just go argue about names and cribs? And he's like, only if you let me win, share. And <laughs> she says, not a chance as they, they hug it out. Aww they in love (laughs) (laughs) then we see the profile scene and it's one of those split between groups profile scene you got Morgan and Prentice talking to the cops while Reed and Rossi are giving the profile to the FBI team and it's cutting back and forth between the two again basically we cover everything we've covered before these crimes aren't personal it's not about sex or greed they believe something bigger is at play They have a couple theories. The first theory is that this is a team of killers. For example, the DC snipers had one intended victim, John Muhammad, wanted to kill his ex-wife. And then they created the crime spree in order to mask the primary motivation. And they happened to leave a death card at one of the scenes, just like this unsub, which shows that they studied the case and uh, they're opening a line of communication. And we cut to the cops part of the profiling and we have one random cop saying, so wait a minute, these guys are playing games just because you guys are here.
1: <laughs> oh, we always need one one really put
0: off cop in a room. And sometimes it's the guy in charge. In this case, it's just Flunky Boy. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, Prentiss and Morgan have to kind of talk them down. Finally, Morgan says, look, yes, if they left the card because of us, yes, they're playing games, but it does tell us something. At least one of these guys has some kind of intelligence they know about the other cases they know how to avoid our surveillance most teams have a dominant and submissive member and due to the fact that these guys are always striking at midday we figure one of them probably has a steady job because of the way they're keeping this time the fbi cut to that group they're asking well okay that's one theory what's the other theory and the other theory is that it could be some kind of gang initiation. And Reed starts handing out packets. Uh, here are the known gang members in Manhattan. You Guys should study them. You want to keep an eye out for anyone who looks suspicious. And then we cut back to the cops. And Grumpy Cop is telling them all, look, like they said, we think something bigger is at play here. So let's go out there. Let's talk to other people on your beats. See if anything sparks. And let's pray that this thing isn't random.
1: Yeah, and and you know if 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 even Grumpy Cop's coming around to their side, it must be it must be true. You know, they've they've warmed his heart just a little bit. The Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs>
0: so we cut to another montage. Cops are walking their beats and they're looking at various people. And then we see surveillance cameras keeping a watchful eye on things, and of course that will lead us. Up to Garcia and Bartleby, Bartleby working their magic from the surveillance room. And Garcia is asking how many undercover cops they have out there. Officer Bartleby says, Well, we have over 80, but that's really nothing. You know, surveillance cameras aren't designed to prevent crime, they're really here to help us identify the perps after the fact. Then Bartleby spots a possible suspect. On one of the cameras. <laughs> Disproving what she just said <laughs> immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she sends out the call. Hey, look, we've got a possible suspect. We see on the camera the uh, a hooded guy on the platform. And he's uh apparently he's at the 59th and Lex subway stop. And Hotch gets the call. Morgan asks, what's up? Hotch lets him know, yeah, at 58th and Lex 59th and Lex. And, and Morgan is immediately pissed off because he's like, yeah, we could have been right there. Cut over to Garcia. She's looking at the monitor and she's saying, oh, he's got a gun out. And <laughs> uh, Garcia and, and Bartleby have to watch this guy pull out a gun behind a woman. And boom, he shoots her right in front of their eyes. Joiner is like, where are the police? Where's the police? She gets on the phone. She's yeah. the one who stopped the police. Well, it, 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 it's not <laughs> just yes. even that. I mean,
1: even, even if this is the sequence of events that we're watching, like, oh my gosh, someone with a gun! Quick, call Hodge. Hey, Hodge, someone's got a gun. Oh, oh my goodness, where are the police? You haven't told anyone to go <laughs> to the station
0: yet. <laughs> Why would the police be there? <laughs> Very good point. So, meanwhile, our hoodie guy is running away, and Rossi is asking Garcia if she can get eyes on him. She says, yeah, yeah, he's heading uh, west on 59th Street. And Joyner says, yeah, if he gets to the park, we're going to lose him. And Bartleby says, oh, we lost. (laughs) So, right after she said that, and and we see Morgan just making a really disgusted look on his face. Uh, he's he's annoyed, and um, no, the police are not on the scene yet. And immediately, Morgan, we see cut to him, and he's starting to argue with Joiner. You know, we could have had them, and she's like, "No, no, if he saw us, we would he would have moved on to a more isolated spot." Possible. and Hotch is it's possible, yeah, and Hotch is trying to calm everyone down. And Morgan is like, "How am I supposed to look at these cops in the eyes and tell them we're actually here to help them?" Hotch is like, look, look, we're here to present a profile and that's what we need to do. And Morgan is still on it. He's like, I said to put us at express stops, 14th, 42nd and 59th. And that's exactly where they hit. And Hotch is getting a little bit madder. And he's like, look, it's not your place to have this discussion. And Morgan is like, my place. Oh, oh. my place. We got seven bodies, man. Hotch is like. That's why we need to stay focused. And Morgan is like, "Focus! Oh yeah!"
1: <laughs> that was damn funny because you know your place. <laughs> I get it. Like that, that. Those are triggering words. Know your place. Uh, Come right. boy. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Implied, exactly. but the way you just went, focus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have <Yeah>. some lunch. <laughs>
0: Lunch? <laughs> oh yeah. He's uh he's like from where I'm standing, Hotch, looks like all your focus is on her. And um, ooh, ooh. that does hit, hit Hotch a little bit close to home. And he's like, you need to take a walk now. oh we oh, <laughs> <yeah>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: we go to a break. A much needed one. We need to cool down needed. just a little bit there. It was getting yeah. a little too close to having some sort of uh, incident they can't come back from. <laughs> and thank goodness no one brought out the L word. And by that, I mean liais. <laughs> Yo, it would have been trouble. <laughs>
0: uh, we come back from commercial and Rossi has found Morgan sitting at the bar. I'm assuming it's the hotel bar. Otherwise, that's some great detective work on, Yo, <laughs> on Rossi's I, I know
1: which bar it certainly isn't, and it's it's the bar at any restaurant where uh, Aaron Hotchner's brother works because we're in New York and yet no mention <laughs> Yet <Nope>. again.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't exist um, until the next time, which may who knows when that's going to be. So, yeah, Morgan's sitting at the bar. <laughs> Rossi's uh, – yes, AJ knows when that's going to be. I don't know when. And Rossi comes in, and Morgan's automatically like, I know, I know, I was out of line. It's just like, I felt like Hotch was taking her side. And Rossi's like, <laughs> <"Side." he> was. <laughs> Yeah. And, but Rossi's like, eh, There's no sides here. And by the way, Morgan, I know that you're up for Joyner's job if she's fired. So everybody knows what's going on, I guess. Or at least Rossi and Hotch do.
1: <laughs> Rossi seems to know stuff that he probably shouldn't, and it's almost as if as if Joe Montana gets the scripts and re- rewrites the lines so that his character knows everything. Because like when the, when this show started and he walked in and Hotch hadn't told anybody about the case yet, and he's like, "Yep, five shootings in two <laughs> two weeks." Yeah.
0: It's like, well, how do you know
1: about the fifth shooting? He hadn't told anybody. Yet.
0: <laughs> Rossi is like, "Look, if she is fired, that means we didn't solve the case." And Morgan is like, I hope you ain't suggesting that I want to see her fail. And Rossi is like, no, 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 no. But I have never seen you push a superior like that before. Anyway, would you take the job? And Morgan does think that it might be nice to be the one who's making all the calls. And Rossi (laughs) says, yeah, and deal with the politics of running a field office just doesn't seem like you. And Morgan's like, look, the BAU wears you out. Look at Gideon. He was the best. And in the end, he had to just run away. Hotch hasn't cracked a smile in over a year. Has to take a personal day just to talk to his kid. How about you? How many times you've been married? <laughs> like, damn, damn Morgan. <laughs> uh,
1: and Ross was like who else can I piss off? <laughs> yeah. Reed's hair
0: looks stupid. <laughs> JJ is gonna marry some idiot. <laughs> and Rossi's like, look, 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 I get it. I get it. I get you, but I'll make you a deal. If I think at any point that you're losing it, I'll pull you out myself. But right now I see someone who wants to get back on the job. Or is there another reason why you haven't touched that beer?
1: Mm, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So hot uh, Rossi takes his leave and Morgan looks at that beer thoughtfully still undrunk undrank Und- undranked <laughs> and he pushes it away he still doesn't drink it he doesn't take a sip that means he's going to go back to the uh
1: case dun, 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 dun,
0: dun. I mean the amount of wasted alcohol on this show <laughs> <laughs> We uh, next cut over to Morgan and Rossi, and they're coming into the office, and there's Hotch and Joyner. Morgan starts to apologize, but surprisingly here to me, Joyner says, you know what? You spoke your mind. I respect that. So I guess their beef is squashed,
2: maybe? It, well, but, she, she, uh, she's never
1: had a beef. That's just how she is. She's, she, yeah. she's just blunt, matter of fact, and she didn't take it personally, and Morgan did. And I think that shows a very distinct difference between the two,
0: but- Hey, if you're good. I'm good. It's all good. Rossi points out, this is the first time that their unsubs have killed two days in a row. So things are speeding up. And Joyner says, guess what? We had Garcia go over the latest footage. This last guy was different from the other two. So now we got three unsubs, AJ, three unsubs. They just keep on multiplying. They shouldn't have yeah. fed the
1: unsubs after midnight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So now Joyner says she wants everybody out on the street. There's a little look between her and Morgan like, ah, now you see my young Padawan. <laughs> you have learned. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was it was, kind of like,
1: yeah, yeah, you were right. I'm sorry. He's like, okay, but you heard me. It's all good.
0: Same team. So the team starts to figure out what are we missing? And then they, they say, look, you know, let's go back to the first time we got this case what did it remind us of it reminded us of son of sam and hot says right random shootings no sexual component and morgan says except berkowitz admitted that he would return to this crime scene days after to pleasure himself not the word morgan used but I'm trying to keep <laughs> it clean here so they say well if the dominant unsub has a similar mo and hot says oh You know what? Let's have Garcia study the footage to see if the same person keeps returning to the crime scene in the days following the shootings. We've only been looking at the immediate aftermath. Let's look at, you know, a longer time frame here. Rossi's like, yeah, that's worth a shot. And Hotch says, "Uh, why don't you go grab Reed to go over the profile just to make sure we didn't leave anything out? Okay.
1: so they're they're basically uh, scrapping (laughs) everything they've done so far.
0: And moving on to actually doing some investigating. Funny that. So we cut to, I'm calling it the next day, it seemed like a, a different lighting um, effect here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's
1: it's always hard to tell.
0: Yeah, and uh, we see Garcia, and she's doing a roll call of various New York locations. Did you ever listen to the, when you were in New York, the uh, Ed Lover and Dr. Dre show? <laughs> Or they do a roll call in the morning <laughs> I was I, it just brought that to my mind, and I thought they should have wrapped it.
1: It would have been that would quite have been It nice. would have been nice. I, I, unfortunately, uh, no, no, because that would have required me <laughs> to get up that early in the morning to listen <laughs> or to have longer than uh, uh, two two train stops to go.
0: <laughs> and if you're out there and you're wondering, Ed Lever and Dr. Dre... No, not that Dr. Dre, and uh, and we're old. Um,
1: <laughs> yes, yes, uh, Yo! MTV raps.
0: <laughs> different, Dr. Dre. Yeah. Uh, so yes, we uh, see Garcia, she's doing her various checks. She's like 59th Street, and Prentice is at 59th, and J.J. and Morgan check in there at Herald Square. We cut back over to Rossi, who's at the police station with Reed and... Uh, grumpy detective. Rossi has something on his mind in this scene. He's figuring out something. Something seems off to Rossi. He uh, does go over to the grumpy cop and asks him, well, why does Son of Sam still piss you off? And, and Snark says, uh, grumpy says, well, you know, that guy was laughing at us and we couldn't catch him. And The only way we happened to catch him was through a parking ticket. And Rossi points out, well, you know, hmm, the unsub hasn't contacted us yet and it really doesn't fit normally in a case like this the correspondence would start to escalate they would seek out media attention at this point the fact that they haven't contacted the press really tells me that this was a private message really only for us and it seems to me like they're ramping up for something and they want us to know that they're watching us and Reed is looking at his map and looking at the videos and he says, you know what? If you saw all of these traits completely out of context, what would be the first profile to pop into your head? They sort of look at each other. They know what's, what it is. Uh, we don't know yet. No, but, no, we uh, don't. <laughs> it's apparently pretty scary because Rossi is like, oh, uh oh, who do we have out in the streets? So Reed calls Garcia to see if she has eyes on the team. Of course she does. Um, we cut over to Prentice and, uh, hot cop, Detective Cooper. And he's like, so, you know, um, if we're undercover, you know, we should, um, you know, uh, act like a couple. (laughs) (laughs) And and Prentice starts laughing at this and she's like, are you still working out on this tired sexual tension angle? And (laughs) Detective Cooper is like, well, you're the fortune teller. You tell me.
1: Oh, no. We're going to get part two of this, aren't we?
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. So she's going to break it down for him exactly what profiling is. She says it's just noticing behavior. For example, when we first met, your partner was sarcastic when he said, yes, ma'am. And you reached for your detective shield as if protecting it. That means you didn't like him disrespecting the chain of command, but you're also loyal. So you didn't say anything to him. And guess what? You were military, probably an officer. You know, praise in the public, censure in private. Am I right? And this guy is right-handed. You're right-handed, but there's two different color pen marks on your left hand. That means you have a toddler at home learning to draw. (laughs) You don't wear a ring and you were quick to flirt with me. That means you're happy to let people think you're a player. But if I took you up on it, you would run for the hills because you love your wife and you would never actually cheat on her. And Detective Cooper is like, wow, you might have you might just solve this case yet, because she got him down perfect. And uh Prentice walks off and she's got a smile on her face because she basically just kicked his butt.
1: Round two, Ghost Apprentice. We'll be back in Zaire for the rumble in the jungle <laughs> part three.
0: <laughs> Next, we go over to Bartleby. She's still looking at the various different footage. And she notices something, says, well, this isn't good. And she's looking at footage to see if the same person has come back um, later, like she was instructed to. And she's found the camera with the widest angle on the scene. But and I decided that since she's new at this, she doesn't clickety clickety clack. She tappity tapety taps. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, Garcia looks at her, what she's bringing up and I can't tell exactly what they see in the in the shot. It looks like maybe it's standing still or something. I I, I don't know what the, they figured out, but Garcia is able to tell that somebody has hacked in.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe it's some sort of quick delay, a glitch, or something. But yeah, she's definitely seeing something there. And you know, I'll take this. Is I don't mind them over explaining it to me. Like Garcia found it. It must be true. It was accepted. Move on. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, we do see an error message that says unauthorized access detected. And uh, Garcia goes to clickety clacketing. Next, we go over and we see a man in a hoodie. He's getting off the bus. And many New Yorkers are looking at him like, hmm. Because at this point, you know what? Don't wear your hoodie if you're not going to shoot somebody. Well, yeah. At this, at
1: this point, it's, it, yeah, you're right. It, it's, hey. <laughs> He looks an awful lot like that hoodie guy from back from the front <laughs> page of the post.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, words out. Yeah. Then we cut over to uh Hot Cop and Prentice coming out of the 14th Street subway station. They're looking around. And then we cut over to a woman. She's at an ATM machine. And a man in a hoodie. Our man comes up right behind her, gun raising. And we cut back to Prentice and Cooper. As we hear the gunshot, and apparently, they could too. They made a point earlier how quiet a 22 is, <laughs> but yes. we don't know. The Union Square, 14th Street, you could possibly be getting off. Like, it looks like they were on 15th, right at a corner somewhere. And that's a possibility there's a lot of exits is my point at union square
1: yes <laughs> it is possible that they were close enough that i mean and and yes you and i both know that that actual area is it's a square if the shot would echo they wouldn't know where it's coming
0: from but you might probably hear it so uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> so princess radios garcia and uh, Garcia has seen the shooting. She's telling them, okay, you're perp. He's at uh, 16th and Broadway. He's running east on 16th. He's headed your way. So Prentisson and, and uh, Cooper turn the corner and the hooded man is indeed running at them. He sees them, turns around, starts to run. They start to chase after him. He ducks around an alley. Cooper gets to the, the turn first. And as he turns into the alley, the unsub is waiting for him, gun raised, and he shoots him. Looked to me like he was hit in the shoulder. Uh Um, At that moment, Prentice turns the corner. She shoots our unsub. She takes him down because BAU is always going to get their people.
1: Well, not always necessarily, but they're, they're all pretty yeah.
0: good shots. Uh, yeah.
1: Even 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 Reed with his uh, you know ankle holster to the head. <laughs> but but you you know you're saying it looked like Cooper was hit in the shoulder. I, I couldn't really tell, but the way that it's set up, when Emily shoots twice, it definitely hits him in the shoulder because he turns his. His arm flails back and he drops the gun. And then the next shot, he's down and there's two bullet holes right flush in the center of his chest. Yeah. And poor homie extra here is blinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't he, notice that.
1: He blinks. And I'm just like, oh, no, really? You couldn't have taken another shot of this? <laughs> now, I mean, they, uh, they do. They We will eventually see that he's not dead yet. Dead yet. Yeah, but still, <laughs> he's, make, he's making he's making a real effort to not move anything. But he's blinking.
0: <laughs> Emily runs over. She makes sure she can grab the guy's gun. Then she runs back over to uh, Detective Cooper. She starts to uh, radio for help. Got an officer down, et cetera, et cetera. Go to break.
1: Yeah, except she's not radioing. Radioing. She's she's got a secret a secret Aren't communicator. You no, it was like a secret communicator because she's wearing a, a, a wristwatch with a strap, like that's yeah. very. But she's talking into the wristwatch, so maybe she's got a microphone tucked underneath because we know she's talking to people. She's got an earpiece in, so maybe it's a whole system. But it's just it looks very weird for her to be talking into her clearly leather-strapped wristwatch, which is not some high-tech device.
0: Uh, so when we come back from break, there's an ambulance there, and Grumpy Cop is giving Prentice a look before he climbs in back of it to, you know, join Cooper on the way to the uh, hospital. Meanwhile, Morgan and JJ show up. They ask Prentice if she's okay, she's all right. And uh, they ask her if Cooper is going to make it. She says she doesn't know. He's lost a lot of blood. And we see Reed and Ross and they're over looking at the suspect. And Rossi is saying, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to live to tell us anything. And also, he doesn't have any kind of uh, ID on him. We cut back to Prentice telling JJ and Morgan something's good she shouldn't have had to shoot him and morgan is like well you did what you had to do but that's not what she means yeah. uh, i didn't mean i shouldn't have I, sh- I shouldn't have had to shoot him i mean i shouldn't have had
1: to shoot him <laughs> like, <right. laughs> like again morgan emphasis emphasis know your place placement of <laughs> verbs and emphasis yeah so you should, yeah. yeah it was a justified shoot no no, no I, I ain't gonna lose sleep over that <laughs> But yeah. yeah, she says he he turned around and faced us. He could have kept running. That wasn't like a dead end
0: alleyway. He could have just kept on going and been gone three three streets down. Exactly, he could have gotten away. Uh, so Morgan is like, well, what was his behavior? Was he panicked? Was he w- winded? Uh, sh- she's like, no, no. Uh, he was very calm. His hands were steady. Mom's uh, well, steady. <laughs> her <laughs> eyes were. His eyes was dead calm. And they're like, hey, you know. These guys are hyper vigilant. They're organized. They do pre-surveillance. Prentice is like, what if he deliberately shot somewhere, someone where I could, where he could be caught? What if he choose, chose this spot because he knew we were going to be here? He didn't have any ID on him. He waited until we caught up to him. He was strangely calm. It was like suicide by cop. I mean, why? What's going on here? And she doesn't know. She thinks, well, maybe it was to make them think that everything was finished. Maybe the, we would think it, it was done at this point. Uh, Morgan says, yeah, it looks like we're going to have to go back through this profile and figure figure things out here.
1: Yeah, because they've already figured out that it is more than one shooter. So if these people can't be stupid enough for the FBI to think that they're all dealing with the one shooter and now the one shooter's dead. And whoo, whoo, whoo.
0: Case closed. So then uh, Hotch and Joyner arrive on the scene and Rossi is there and he's saying, "Uh, I think we're going to have a serious problem. We've got multiple unsubs and they're disciplined using counter surveillance. They know our FBI movements. There seems to be a hierarchy to them. Uh, What does that usually equal? MC squared.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, that's I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Hodge says Terrorism And we cut to a surveillance video Of Another shadowy room But now AJ There's several people in it Yeah, Like we've got a cell yeah. here <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of people in the room now We still can't see anybody It's still like shadowy But yeah Now we seem to realize we're dealing with something a little more substantial than we thought. So we cut back over to the office and uh, Morgan is like, well, how does this all work? So they discuss it out. Basically these murders are simulating like what would happen for, from a bombing. They, they do the murders and then they station someone to watch and gauge the police response time. And then that's the point they know when they can bring in the second quote unquote bomb, your goal is always going to be to take out the first round of civilians. And then you follow that with a second wave of uh, destruction to any of the emergency responders. They're like, you know what? This is crazy, but it's ingenious. These guys are getting practice run. And if someone catches the shooter, they think they just have a murderer and that's it. Um, the, the cell wouldn't be compromised. And Joiner. Gets the prize because she gets to say it's lo-fi. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the episode title, and she says, "Look, they're planning for a terrorist event. They figure out, okay, we've had seven seven different shooters, which means those were probably followers that they can ensure we're going to be willing to either kill or be killed for our cause. Again, they say there's something larger at play here, and read notes." They seem to be targeting various points of entry on his map. All of the murders have taken place de- near a particular bridge or tunnel. And, so, and which, it,
1: at which point, of course, I would have to protest that uh, Union Square ain't no near no bridge, no tunnel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, uh, no, some of them might be.
0: But all?
2: Uh, not so much.
1: Nah,
0: not so much, yes. <laughs> But they know that if there was bombs that were going off, emergency response would be to shut down any ability for anyone to get in or out of the city. So it would be like they'd have people trapped on the island. And Hotch is like, well, remember, this is all just a theory, just like any profile. At that moment, Garcia calls in, says, guys, we have a problem. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of guys. We have a problem in this episode. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what
1: happens in the first of a (laughs) (laughs) two-parter.
0: Yes. She says she's checked all of the 4,468 surveillance cameras, and they've all been hacked into. These guys have had footage of every single crime scene. They've been watching our every move since the beginning. Nobody caught it before because it wasn't like a system-wide hack. So Garcia had to check uh, each camera individually. Again, lo-fi. I mean, they don't say it, but another example. Yeah, guess what? These guys have had eyes on every single crime scene. So Hot says, "All right, he splits up the team, he gets them to in various different actions." And Joiner mentions that the one advantage they have is that this, these guys don't know that we know that they're watching. <laughs> or if they know that
1: they know that we're watching, but they don't know that we know that they Don't know that we know that they (laughs) know. No, just stop it. Stop it. It doesn't make sense anymore. (laughs) They're not (laughs) where we put on that. They've hacked our system. That's what she should have just said there.
0: Yeah. Then we get it again, go to the shadowy room with 10 or 12 guys and shadowy figures. And one of them is holding up a pistol. I think we move them past pistol now. Aren't we though? (laughs) Well, yeah, probably. (laughs) A little bit later, we see JJ, she's getting ready to leave the office, the station, and she gets a package and uh, turns out the package is from La Montaigne and uh, Reed is there. And he's being nosy. And so she's like, well, yeah, he's headed back to New Orleans tonight. He doesn't want to get away, get in the way. And apparently what's in the package is his badge. So it looks like he's quitting his job for J.J. Which, which
1: love the sentiment, love the fact that you can see the badge and put that two and two together. But wouldn't he have to hand that badge in to it, thank you.
0: <laughs> Why did he get one? Well, yeah. Uh, my thing is, okay, I, I had the same thought and I was like, maybe he's just like, Oh, it's romantic. JJ will have to come to me to give me back the badge to turn it in. So we'll be together. I don't know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah, mm, (laughs) You know what? There's no unsloppy way to do that.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So JJ decides to ask Koch if he's going to need everyone out in the field. And he says, no, he doesn't. You know, you can run point from the office. Uh, he tells her that she should just go back to the hotel right now real quick to tell Will everything that's going on and then come back straight away, which to, I would say you, you can't call him, and tell him. <laughs> well, look, he, again, this whole thing could have been an email. Yeah, I,
1: <laughs> he could <laughs> call her. He didn't actually have to send some sort of Pony Express to a flunky. <laughs> yes. None of it really makes sense. But look, we are doing everything we can to move these pieces around the chessboard so that no one is with anybody else.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, so as she's leaving, Hotch stops her and also says, by the way, mm-hmm. congratulations. Uh, so their relationship is mended for the moment, I guess. It's, it's,
1: yeah. Well, I don't think it was ever in danger, to be honest, but
0: yeah, of course uh, we cut over to Prentice at the hospital and she's there to ask grumpy cop, how hot cop is doing and grumpy cop says it doesn't look good and prentice says well guess what we think we know what this is all about and then we get our ominous music and our ending montage and as you say the team is all split up so that everybody is by themselves hotch and joiner are leaving the field office we see prentice heading over to her suv we see garcia walking. By herself, and she gets into the passenger side of her SUV. Uh, then we see Reed. Uh, we see Rossi getting into his SUV, and then we see Reed walking over into his SUV. I think you see where this is going, AJ.
1: Everybody getting into the same dark SUV, all by themselves, except for Hotch uh, with, with with Kate there, and the uh, yeah, but everyone's. Heading towards their own SUV so that when we see that final shot
0: of the season. We see everybody closing their door to their SUV. Then from the back, we see an SUV. We don't know whose SUV it is. Quite possible (laughs) it's none of their SUV, but... We, who knows? Because they're not going to tell us. Instead, the SUV is going to explode into a huge ball of fire. And it's a big enough explosion to make me think, uh, whoever that was, <laughs> I don't think they're making it out
1: <laughs> uh, alive. End of season. Uh, you know, it's quite possible at this point that even the writers of the show don't know <laughs> who that was. Because that sometimes happens. Uh, I think they probably had an idea, though. Uh, So, yes, that is the end of season three on a much bigger cliffhanger than rules. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Uh, So I I guess my first question to you before we go into anything in our recap is, sir, whose SUV do you Mm. think that was? Because you just said. Whoever's issue be that is is probably in for a world hurt,
0: <laughs> and I I can't I'm not sure. However, I felt a little, I felt a little bit of tension happening when we saw a, a little bit of La Montaigne and and JJ kissing, and I think it might be a convenient way to say. Well, you know, J.J. and La montaigne have uh, this long-distance thing going on, pregnancy. Thing. We we can't do that. And also, this would make J.J. happy. We don't want to make anybody happy on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, True that. <laughs> so, I have a feeling that somehow, even though we didn't actually see him getting into an SUV, I have a feeling our victim is going to be La. Montaigne, with perhaps jj being severely injured possibly even losing her pregnancy who knows uh Ah, i think it would be really really
1: crappy thing to do to a character on this show to have them lose their pregnancy but this is criminal minds so uh all right we will that's my guess we will stick a fork in that obviously we will find out in a lot sooner than the uh, months and months we had to wait in real time when this took place uh yeah yeah so of course uh for purposes of the barometer the case ain't over yet so we do not have a judgment on this exactly. uh we're going to finish our season with a record of 11 wins three losses five tra- five t- draws so not too shabby not fantastic but not too shabby probably good enough to at least get a wild card berth if not win the division outright <laughs> um but yeah no- nothing to judge here in terms of that so uh not a bad season of success for the team despite all the uh the hurdles they had to endure. Mm-hmm.
0: I will say this has been my favorite season so far although uh there were some there were some standout episodes in the Gideon era uh that I wouldn't uh, forget so uh but o- overall as a season I preferred this one not one yeah. uh, moment of uh, L and I would say, <laughs> uh,
1: just I mean, you know, uh, it's no surprise. I've told you this before, but I, I think four and eight are my two favorite seasons. So heading into four right now, yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm going to enjoy uh, watching you watch the next couple uh, as we go go into the future.
0: righty. so one more bit of business to get to, AJ. What we like to do at the end of our episodes: three questions, little quiz, if you will inspired by the episode we just watched aj hit me my man all right 16 out of 57
1: for the season uh three more to <laughs> we go well hey hey, hey 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 that's not horrific we'll see how you do here what's so uh, question one let's talk sienna Guillory, who played our hailey lookalike kate in this episode uh she is no stranger to explosions because she has played Jill Valentine in multiple installments of what action-packed movie series? What franchise, Sienna give the do this, ding, 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 ding? <laughs> uh,
0: Jill Valentine, I haven't narrowed down to two, and I'm pretty sure it's one of the two, but I can't remember. This is either... This is either Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or it's Resident Evil. I am going to go with, and both could be action-packed explosive uh, series. I haven't really watched. Um, I saw the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the first Resident Evil, and I haven't seen any of the others of both series um however i am a bit of a gamer and i believe that leads me to resident evil being the series that we are referring to
1: okay resident evil is your answer i believe the uh the main female character the mutant ninja turtles is april oh that's right Um, yeah um which would eliminate that and give you a correct answer here. Very good. Resident Evil. Yes, indeed. Multiple, multiple movies. Because all the movies are essentially the same movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, you know, Resident Evil, not not good movies. Yet, I've watched them all and I enjoy them. <laughs> but they're not good. I recognize they're not good and yet I can't stop watching. <laughs>
0: I remember being really grossed out in the first one that there was some scene where the, there was like these lasers that cut through everybody. Yeah. yeah. That- well the first one was was, I
1: think, the best of the bunch, absolutely. Um yeah. but I <laughs> the story, the set pieces, the acting. Not a single movie has quality in all three categories but every single one of the movies has quality in one of the categories okay that's (laughs) fair that's the difference uh all right let's move on here let's talk jack mcgee aka grumpy cop uh he has Mm -hmm. had many 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 roles over the years Uh, but his first career uh that he encountered before he went into the field of acting uh was what what did jack mcgee do before he became
0: an actor That's a good question. Uh, Yeah, Jack McGee, I definitely recognize amongst many things. I was uh, I'm most familiar with his character. He played on Rescue Me, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a great show. And uh, that's where I really recognize Mr. McGee from, although I did not know that was his name until you just said it. (laughs) 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 But uh, what did he do? What did that guy look like? He would. Should I, should I say, since he's always playing like a, a cop, or maybe he also plays mob guys too? I don't know. He seems like he might have been a cop, but I'm just gonna go the Harrison Ford route. Say he was a handyman plumber. (laughs) Wow, I came out of left field. Uh, Handyman plumber. Well.
1: Uh like you said, certainly rescue me a prominent role. Also uh I remember him as being uh the desk uh sergeant on NYPD Blue, where you know people come in and be like, What yes. the hell are you doing in here? Get out, you shouldn't yeah. be working here, you yeah you case bear. So I definitely remember him on that. Always playing the kind of uh New York styled I mean Chicago also, but you know, like that kind of gruff gruff cop. Yeah. Fire guy. Sanitation worker. (laughs) Uh, Jack McGee thought he wanted to get into acting, but he never went to acting school. He never performed on Broadway. He actually thought his in would be to actually start his career and get experience in the roles that he would pursue later on. And he was (laughs) in the Bronx, New York as a firefighter.
0: Oh, I almost went that way, too. Mm-hmm. Damn it.
1: Actually, he, he, but he, he, yeah. He learned how to be a firefighter, and then he would audition for all these firefighter or cop roles because he
0: knew he knew the industry. Like, from that. Oh, point. man. I still would have got it wrong because I would have said cop. If, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't there have said know. firefighter. You said rescue
2: me. Rescue me. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. Act how you know. Know what you act. Anyway.
1: Uh, He's a regular Daniel Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Day-Lewis. All right, now, question three, always my favorite question of each episode. And normally, uh, it would be where I would ask you what the plot is of the following episode. But as this is a cliffhanger, I think you kind of figured out that we're going to be in New York City and there's going to be the aftermath of an SUV exploding when we pick things up at the start of season four. Nevertheless, uh, in regards to season four, episode one, entitled Mayhem, That can't be good. Uh, (laughs) Which, I'm going to give you the standard four choices, and I'm going to ask you which of these choices, which I'm going to read to you now, actually happens in Season 4, Episode 1. Okay? Okay. Which of these plot points are we going to see happen at some point during our next episode? Is it A, a chase through subway tunnels ends in electrocution? is it B, a huge fireball rises above Central Park, the result of a bomb? Is it C, Emily decides to buy tickets to a baseball game? Or is it D? (laughs) (laughs) Or is it D, Morgan gets offered the New York job?
0: Hmm. You know, we're in the middle of the biggest terrorist threat to New York City since 9-11. I think it's time to catch a Yankees or a Mets game. (laughs) Uh, uh, um, But because I am laughing, wait, no, but you will know that because I think that you're going to mess with me,
1: Uh AJ. (laughs) Don't
0: try to game theory against me. You will (laughs) never come out ahead. Uh, I mean, it could be a very obvious Morgan is going to get offered the job. But as Rossi said, that would mean they failed. And I don't think they're going to fail. Can't possibly happen. We already had explosions. Maybe it's time for more explosions. Huge fireball. Seems plausible. And we could possibly have a subway chase ending in electrocution. I think the other three sound so plausible that even though you know me and I I, I might try to game the system, I'm going to go with Emily (laughs) purchasing... Some baseball tickets. I'm going to think maybe this happens at the end of the episode after everything has, has uh, worked itself out, because I don't know how this or why this would come up, but that's what I'm going to go with.
1: All right. You think <laughs> the season four <laughs> kickoff episode conclusion <laughs> to this disaster that... <laughs> Is gonna decide to buy tickets to a baseball game. Uh, clearly, I have gotten in your head. Uh, and Kintad, you are always wise to question my motives. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> I'm just gonna come rip the band-aid off. The correct answer, Kintad? All of the above. Oh, I
0: hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Why you? I was all of Uh, the above. Something to look forward to, especially the baseball tickets. I, I really don't think it's fair, AJ, (laughs) that you don't say or. E, all of the above. There's always an implied
1: E, (laughs) F, and G. Come on, man. (laughs) Always implied.
0: I think that's mean AF. Uh, If I say all
1: of the above, it's all of the above.
0: (laughs) It is what it is. and uh, (laughs) I cannot wait for season four of Criminal Minds. I cannot wait for season four of felonious pundits folks we will be back that is the show for this week thank you so much as always for joining us hope you had a great time please be sure to subscribe to rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast platform be sure to spread the word let your friends know about us you can also write to us at felonious pundits at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at podcast underscore pundits. For AJ Mass, this is Kintad Svensgaard saying goodbye, season three, and keep profiling.
1: Wheels up. I'm way too young to lie here forever. I'm way too old to try, so whatever, come hang. Let's go out with a bang. Bang, 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 metronome. AJR.